Here are 10 mistakes I've learned to avoid while designing a custom home. Hi, I'm Chris Novelli with N3 Architecture and I design a lot of custom homes and not everyone has the same requirements, not everyone has the same goals, but there are things that happen on every project that should be considered, that should be avoided. There's things that I make sure happen on every project and then there's things that I make sure don't happen on every project and here are some of the things I like to avoid. Of course, this is not the be all end all list, which could be a hundred points long, maybe even longer, but here are 10 things that I like to avoid during a custom home project. Number one, we're coming in hot with this one, and that is locating a bathroom or a powder room near the entry to your home or near the kitchen or near the dining room or off the living room or anywhere that can be seen by your family and guests. Let's just face it, things happen in a bathroom. There's smells, there are noises. Hey, listen, we are all human, we get it. Things happen in a bathroom. But when you have people coming over to your home and walking through your front door and you're greeting them, do you want those sounds and smells to be happening right next to the, to the front door? Or if, you're, if you have people over for a dinner party and they're eating in the dining room, or a, you have a party and a gathering, and of course everyone likes to hang out in the kitchen. Do you want your toilet room or your powder room to have a door that opens off the kitchen or the dining room where people can see in and hear and stuff like that? That's uncomfortable for you. That's uncomfortable for the guests. That's uncomfortable for the person who's using the bathroom. So please don't locate a powder room or a half bathroom. Don't Put it near the front door. Don't put it near the kitchen. Don't put it off the living room. I like to tuck my, my powder room sort of around the corner. Sort of, if you, if, if you can imagine walking in a front door and you might have a closet and a little vestibule or, or foyer area. And then you can continue one way to the main part of the house that has the kitchen, dining room, etc. And then maybe you can, if you can envision taking a left and going down a little corridor where you ha will have a mud room. Uh, laundry room and and then your half bathroom down there and it's down a little hallway that way it's private no one hears it no one smells it everyone's happy number two and this is really popular with uh, pl house plans that you see online or or plans that were created by a builder or, or a developer or someone that's not actually trained in architecture, and that is having your house too wide or too deep. Now, I'm not talking about length, right? It can be as long as it wants. I'm talking about the sort of the front to back depth of it. Because realistically, once you get over 20 or 25 feet wide, the sunlight is and the daylight is not actually going to make it all the way into the space. So I see these houses that are sort of stacked up maybe maybe uh, two or three rooms wide that's pushing that 35, 40 foot width, uh, you know, from front to back. And a lot of times those houses end up with spaces that are really dark and they're not they don't have that daylight and that lightness to them because it's it's too far the, the sun does not penetrate in as into the houses as as far as that goes and and it's just something that that it unless your site is compact and there's no other way if you limit your width to 20 to 25 feet you're going to have a nice bright warm house 
Number three is not thinking about the views. And I'm not necessarily talking about an ocean view or a mountain view or a view out to the lake because let's just face it, if you're lucky enough to have an ocean view or a mountain view or a lake view or something similar, then, you know, congrats to you. That's amazing. But most people don't have that. What I'm talking about are specific curated views where you use the architecture of the house to frame views from one place to another. It can lead you in your, in your, in your procession into the space. It can highlight certain areas. One example of how I like to do this is when you come in the front door, some, some, I don't like entering the front door and looking at a wall or looking at a closet or even looking at the entry to another room. What I like to do is when you open the front door, the main entry of the room, I like there to be some sort of short space that's not too deep that has windows looking out either into a backyard or a courtyard or something, something that, that where you, you're visually extended through the house. That just makes so much more of a, of a great first impression for when you walk in the door. And then other places we could you could think of th about this is hallways, right? If you have a hallway that, you know, you don't wanna necessarily just have it end at a door or end at a wall where you can go left or right. A hallway is a nice opportunity where at the end, if there was a certain, uh, if there was a window that frames a certain view, it, again, and it provides daylight and it leads your eye out of the house and, and into the surrounding environment. And framing those views is so important in, in the way a house feels and the way a house flows. So definitely think of that. Just don't have these dead end view corridors. You want your eye to be extended through a space. All right, number four, complicated roof forms. And I went over this in a previous video from a few weeks ago when I was talking about um, ice dams. But when you get these complicated roof forms, they're harder to construct, they're harder to insulate, they're harder to weatherproof, they're harder to vent. And they just don't look good. They look like a jumbled mess. So again, keep your roof form very simple. That doesn't mean that you can't have one roof intersecting into another, or that doesn't mean that you can't have some dormers if they're if it's applicable to the style of the house and the function of the house and what you're trying to accomplish. But having roofs that are just a gigantic jumbled mess, that's gonna make it harder for your builder. You're gonna pay more for it. It's not gonna look as good. And guess what? It's not gonna perform as well either. So avoid having complicated roof forms. Number five, not designing for the sun and for the daylight. This gets into tip number, uh, tip number two where I told you not to make the house too wide. But tip number five, when you're laying out the orientation of your house and where the rooms occur in the house and on your site in general and on your, your land, you really need to consider the orientation of the sun both during the summer and the winter and, and everywhere in between. You need to consider what rooms you want the daylight in at what times. I give an example to my clients of, of a, a past client that, that has people over to watch uh, football every Sunday during the football season and they have a big party. It's a part of their lifestyle. It's part of what they enjoy doing. And the way that they originally thought the living room would lay out 
would put the sunlight, would put the sun in a direct glare onto where they wanted to, to have their TV and it would ruin the, the, the football watching experience because either you'd have to close the blinds and the shades and then the, the room is dark or you'd have this gl massive glare on the TV. So thinking about what rooms you want the sun to hit at what times of the day and then you design your house around that and then not only that, but thinking about the solar angles. What's the angle of the sun during the summer versus the sun angle of the sun during the winter? And how can you use your, your roof overhangs or any other projection to either allow that winter, that winter sun in and warm up the house or to block the summer sun and to have the house be cooler during the summer? So those are things that you really need to consider designing around the sun and designing around the daylight where you want that light to go at what times and how to better position or how to better use architecture and architectural elements to either allow the sun in or to block it out. Tip number six is not thinking about the storage that you actually need. A lot of people say that they want storage, right? Everyone wants storage. You want closets here and storage rooms there and closets everywhere. People think about when we talk about storage, people almost immediately start to think about a big walk-in closet on their primary bedroom. But what they're not, what they don't often think about is where they're gonna store their, their, their food and their canned goods. I mean, pantries are becoming a lot more popular uh, these days. And also people don't often consider where are you gonna put your vacuum cleaner? Where are you gonna put your mops and your brooms? These are all things that you need to think about because you don't want to jam them into the coat closet at the, at the front entry, which is what a lot of people do, right? You want to have at least some spot that's sort of dedicated for that sort of storage. Number seven, not thinking about acoustics. And this has become a, a bigger problem in recent years. And by recent years, I mean like 10 to 15 because that's recent in the architectural world, uh, just by the length of time it takes to get a project done. So, but anyways, in recent years, you get these, you be, I'm seeing these large open vaulted spaces with hard surface walls, hard surface ceilings, hard uh, surface floors, whether it's tile or wood or laminate. And the only sort of soft surfaces to absorb sound are your furniture, is your furniture um, or your draperies or whatever. And so this is also a big problem uh, when you have these double height spaces with uh, vaulted ceilings and then a loft area for the kids to play in. Well, guess what? The noise that the kids are, are, are producing up there in that loft, it's going to make uh, your enjoyment of your living room not as, not as nice. Um, and even if you don't have a, a, an open loft area, even just having a large space with all hard surfaces and not thinking about the acoustic quality of those surfaces, it can lead to a very unpleasant room, a very unpleasant uh, living experience, maybe even some stress if that if the noises loud, if loud echoing noises uh, affects you that way. And it, it happens. I mean, I was just at a house uh, a couple weeks ago where um, it's a new construction house and, and I was visiting and it was very loud, very open, all hard surfaces, and it was a really unpleasant place to be in. And of course, 
you know, people have to, people ask me, oh, Chris, what do you think about this, this new house? And I have to sort of lie and say, oh, it's great. But in reality, it's pretty awful. So if you're, if you want these big open spaces and vaulted spaces, just think about the acoustics a little bit. Maybe talk to your architect about, about the, the acoustic qualities, or maybe even hire a professional um, to help you so that you're, you don't end up with a space that is unenjoyable. Okay, number eight, this is a big one for me, especially because I have so much experience in, in multifamily housing and, and senior housing and, and affordable multifamily housing. And that is thinking about or not thinking about how furniture is actually gonna be moved into and out of a space. So oftentimes I see uh, hallways and corridors that are too narrow, doors that are too narrow, stairs that are too narrow, or stairs that, that are, are, are U-shaped stair or have a tournament in them. And you know that doesn't mean that you can't use that type of stair, you just get, need to give a little extra space so you can actually bring a bedroom set up or a living room set up. Um, a, a lot of times I like to, I like to have straight staircases uh, whenever possible because that's just, let's just face it, it's easier to bring a couch or a bed or a mattress up a straight stair than it is a stair with a turn in it. But even a straight stair doesn't always solve the solution because how many times have you seen a, a, a house or an apartment where you have a stair come down to a little three, uh, four by four landing that, that requires a, a turn just to go up that straight stair? And then you have a, a, a half wall or a railing that's blocking you and you're trying to move a, a mattress up there? It's just not gonna work. So a good way to avoid that is to line up your doorways with your stairs and your, and your hallways. So that could be maybe it's an entry door where you come in and you go right up the stair. Or maybe um, if at the top of the stair, the door, a door to a bedroom is right straight there. So you can at least go into that bedroom and then pivot and come out the other way. And again, it's not just limited to stairs. Stairs are a big one. But any place that you have to bring furniture and turn around um, a wall or, a, or, or an object in your house. Uh, and again, the width of the door. Don't, make your door. don't make your doors too narrow just to save a couple bucks because great, you save 20 bucks on, on the door going with a 32 inch door rather than a 34 or a 36. Um, but guess what? Now you can't move your, your heirloom armoire that your great grandfather passed down to you. You, know, you can't move it into your bedroom because the doorway is too small. So great job on saving those 200 bucks there. Number nine is not giving enough priority to a kitchen pantry or a back of the house kitchen. Talked about this a little bit when we were talking about storage, but I wanna talk to you about the importance of having a pantry. And this is not so much of a hard sell anymore because uh, in recent years, pantries and sort of back of house kitchens have become more and more popular in custom homes. But think about you know not only where you're gonna store your food, but thinking about all the clutter that's on your countertops from all your appliances, your coffee makers and your toasters and your, uh, and your bread box and your, this, this appliance and that appliance. And you just have your countertop taken up with all this stuff. And I haven't yet to meet a person who loves clutter, right? Uh, so design a space. If you're building a custom home, chances are you have the opportunity to design a space that can accommodate those things and you can put them away. If you're working on a renovation or addition project, maybe you don't have that opportunity because you're limited by the space that you have. But even then, there's, there's 
pantry cabinets that you can use. There's appliance cabinets where the appliance can still sit on the countertop, but it has like a door that comes down. Uh, it looks just like a, like a normal cabinet door and, and it keeps that keeps those appliances and that equipment hidden from view and it just makes for a better place. And number 10, finishing off with a big one here, one that is near and dear to my heart, one that I talk to every client about, one that you've probably heard me say before, especially if you follow me on other platforms, But I, and if you haven't heard me say it before, you're gonna hear me say it a thousand times uh, after today, and that is prioritizing finished materials over the performance of your house. Listen, I get it. Everyone wants a beautiful kitchen with stone countertops and tile backsplashes and they want this great finished flooring and they want this amazing trim work and all that stuff. I get it. I understand how important that is to people and how important it is for the perception, right? The perception that you've spent all this money and you sort of want to show it off to your friends and family and say, hey, look at my beautiful kitchen that I just designed. Look at this house that I just that I, that I just built and the beautiful kitchen or these you know, beautiful bathroom fixtures. I get it. No one wants to spend a ton of money building a custom home and then walk in day one to show their friends and family and there's a plastic laminate countertop. Nobody wants that, right? But you, if, you're, if you have a fixed budget, you have to prioritize what is most important, what is least important, what is on that middle ground. But I also want you to think what can be replaced later on down the line. You might only get one chance to build a, your, your, your envelope of your house correctly. You might only get one chance to insulate properly and make sure that everything is air sealed. You might only get one chance to install your siding over a vented rain screen so that the back of your siding can dry and it doesn't, uh, it doesn't create mold within your wall or it doesn't allow water to, to uh, drain out like it would in a rain screen system. You might only get one chance to install uh, the European windows that have a, a, a much better performance quality than American windows. You might only get one chance to do that stuff, but you can always replace a countertop. You can always replace flooring. So please, just understand, I know it's important to you. I know those finished materials are important and they're important to me too. They're, they're very important to me too. But there are things that are more important and what it comes down to is your comfort. And the better performing envelope will result in you being more comfortable within your home. Thank you. wraps up another episode of the home design academy podcast i hope that you learned something and enjoyed yourself along the way please make sure to subscribe and leave a review on your podcast player of choice 
visit my website n3architecture.com for more information and go to the resource section of the website where you can find the book that I wrote, The Homeowner's Guide to Residential Design and Construction, as well as some other information that will prepare you for your custom home project. Feel free to email me any of your questions to chris at n3architecture.com. Contact me on Instagram. Even if you just want to say hi, just search for N3 Architecture. You can find me there. Also, I've started a YouTube channel. So go to YouTube, search for N3 Architecture. Follow the YouTube channel. There's some exciting things going on there. Thank you, and I will see you in the next episode.